Henry. And welcome back to the Business Hustle. Today we have a special guest in, which is Max. And Max, you have a very interesting story. I just heard a bit about it before we started the show. And I'm very interested to hear what you do. So give me your 30 seconds, 40 seconds of what you actually do as a business. We're a recruitment consultancy uh, specialised in delivering permanent solutions across Northern Ireland, uh, a company called Black Fox Solutions and another company called Reactive Recruitment who are in direct competition with each other and everyone else. Uh, we place people in uh, engineering, IT, the medical profession, sales, accountancy, finance, anything that's kind of a professional role, sorry, over about £25,000 mm-hmm. plus. Anyone it's hard to find. So if a company's looking for a specialist type of person, they would use a recruitment consultancy. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Bit of a headhunter then, Max, yeah? Uh, that's the price side of it, but it's yeah. not, it's actually, you know, when people say, oh, I'm a headhunter, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's good, not, yeah. especially You've got the name for it, Max, Max the Headhunter. Max, <laughs> Max the Headhunter, but it's really laborious, really hard work. You spend loads of time on the phone speaking to dozens and dozens of people daily who you may not need or speak to, mm-hmm. but we, we kind of call them passive candidates. Yeah. So if I, if I phone some guy up and I say, look, listen, we got this job. You're, you're on 24 and a half, aren't you? This is 28. It's a half a mile closer to home. It's got better prospects. It's got good mm. training on. I think you should look at it. And they'd be like, actually, do you know what? It would be something I'm interested in. Very good. Yeah. And it's our job in the company. Well, well, I'll give you an example. See if you look at a, a, a radius of, say, five miles. If somebody works for a company in this fastest job, they're not going to want to work 15 miles away. Right? No. So you have to work on a radius. And if you do work, say, 30, 40 miles away, and you do get the job, there's usually a chance you've always got to leave early because you want to beat the traffic. You've always got to get in late because you're late for something or the kid was ill or something like that. Yeah. So companies are like, we want the guy who's going to be able to get the work on time and stay on time. Someone who's going to bring something, someone who's got past experience, someone who's got the qualifications to do the job to a good level. So when we say this is what we want done, there's no training, there's yeah. no bedding in period. They men sit down and just do the job. And you go, well, okay, Northern Ireland's got 1.8 million people yeah. around that. Yeah. Uh, many people work for the civil service, almost half. Many people are self-employed, almost half of that again. Many people sort of work in engineering. Mm. Uh, there's 1.8 million, there's probably... 150,000 spread across the whole of the UK, all doing okay. different types of engineering. So how can I find this one person with this one skill, this one background in this area, who'll do this job for the price I want to pay? Very good. And it's really hard to do, unless yeah. you have a sucker like me, who's prepared to continually spend time on the phone, yeah. speaking to loads of people. So when you say, mate, I've got a headache, I say, I've got the aspirin. Very good. Uh, and that's how we kind of get paid. Yeah. Oh, and here's like, the other thing as well. If we don't do it, if we don't do your job, you don't pay us a penny. No, oh, excellent. So again, we, we can put three, four, sometimes a month's work in solidly uh, and even deliver. And if mm. you just go, do you know what? We've changed our mind. Or okay. do you say he's a Capricorn? Don't like Capricorns. <laughs> we can, and we, but we yeah. have to accept that we have just that's to go, tough, yeah. do you know what? That, that, that's part and parcel of the mm-hmm. job and you don't piss. Wow. Yeah, the interesting thing, um, you, you said there, you've got, you, fa- you started firing out statistics about Northern Ireland, about unemployment, which was, which is fantastic because that's obviously you need to know those those stats. Are you specifically Northern Ireland or is it UK yeah. wide? Deliberately Northern Ireland. Very good. I, I, and again, it's one of those things that's really, you know, see if you speak to anyone, like see what you guys do, you just mm-hmm. kind of have to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So if I speak to you, I would imagine you'd speak intelligently about yeah. how this goes about and how mm-hmm. it works, right? So it's the same as us. Yeah. Someone says to us, here's what we want, here's the problem that we have, can you solve it? I've got to be able to speak intelligently about how are we go about fixing it. So there's some guy in Aberdeen or some guy in Paris or some guy in London, and I'm trying to speak to a business in London about how I'm going to solve their problem. Well, there's, there's thousands of businesses in Excellent. London who do exactly what I do. Yeah. Uh, so they'll always have the the, 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 the heads up on me. Mm-hmm. So just stick, kind of, you know, once it knit and stick to what you know. Good, and the yeah, location yeah, you know. And you'd mentioned you've got two offices. Yeah, yeah, there's a company called Black Fox Solutions and a company called Reactive Recruitment. We set up Black Fox Solutions, right? Really small story, right? 
Uh, how do you get someone a website or a business name to remember? Well, make sure they can spell it. Make sure it sounds okay. Right. So, mm. Black yep. Fox. Who can't spell Black? Who can't spell Fox? <laughs> right? Simple, wasn't it? Right? And then we set that up. They said, people, that's a really cool name. Why, why, where'd you come up with that name? It's a really cool name. And you go, do you know what? See, if I tell you, you'll be less impressed. I'd rather just not tell you. And I just know it's some weird yeah. sort of connection. And then with reactive recruitment, we, I kind of sort of went, uh, you know, like, and, and please don't, there's no comparison here, but like, you know, Rolls Royce or R. Yeah. yeah. Or, or I kind of wanted a business that was like, there's a word for it that I don't know. Simile, is it? Something up, but it's kind of flows. But I wanted someone when they put in uh, recruitment and they seen reactive recruitment, they know mm. exactly what it does. Mm. So people can see uh, Black Fox Solutions and sort of go, well, it's, it's a company, but what does it do? Mm. And I wanted the reactive to sort of go, bang, you know, I know exactly what you do, pass mm. or play. And, and that's why we came up with so both Clever. companies and both names. We, we've got around 15 consultants based in each office. We cover engineering, all types. We cover IT, mostly development. We do medical, uh, nurses and stuff in the private sector. We'll Excellent. do senior sales guys, senior accountancy guys, and finance guys. And, and, and anything professionally that comes mm -hmm. at around £25,000 plus. Because anything below that, you know, like, like say for instance, if you needed some guy to come in three days a week just mm -hmm. to help you out and carry stuff. Well, if you put a window on Facebook, just does anybody have an F you can up. come in? You'll get yeah. loads of responses. Yeah. So why use an agency mm -hmm. if, if you can just get somebody yourself? So anybody who has to pay us a fee is because they want to find someone that they can't find themselves, mm -hmm. I suppose. That's good. That's, That's fantastic. Good. So one of our, our kind of big questions to anybody that we have on the show is, how did you actually fall into this business? How did this business kind of find you or you find it? It was a fluke. <laughs> uh, Seeing as a kid, yeah. right? Seeing how uh, you can't really see, but I, I've got polio, so I can't walk. I have to use a, a, a full-length caliper on my leg, and I've got to use crutches. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, as we know, growing up as kids, kids mm -hmm. aren't the most friendliest, uh, about, friendliest yeah. thing. About, oh, what's wrong, with you mate? Is that right? Let me carry your books <laughs> for you, right? Kids yeah. see it as a weakness and kick the shit out of you. So I had to develop really quickly good personality. But you done it in a very posh location as well, didn't you? <laughs> Uh, oh, Bella Murphy in West Belfast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can say that because I actually grew up in West Belfast, so I've, I've got dibs on that one. If you grew up in Bella Murphy in the 70s, the two things you knew that when you heard the sirens run, <laughs> and I thought it went very fast, and how to throw stones at Saracens and Sixers. Yeah. That was kind of the two pastimes uh, you had. So, so getting back to the question, the developed sort of good and the personnel skills were either sort of like had to talk to way to getting beat up or make somebody laugh, yeah. you know, that type of thing. Self defense mechanism. Yeah. So I'd moved over to London uh, to try and get a job because I kind of felt with being disabled, uh, again, just a wee backstory, I went in with the polio, went in to have a load of operations done to the leg, uh, and I ended up spending about three years in the hospital, uh, in between Musgrave Park Hospital, which mm. is an orthopedic hospital, yeah. and then Donald Hospital, mm. which is a plastic surgery type hospital, mm -hmm. because they they'd screwed up so much and done so much damage to the leg, they had to like, repair it with loads of skin grafts, which are awfully yeah. sore, man, they're really painful. Even, even today? They had to do, no, no, now it's kind of like saying, but they had to do bone grafts and stuff that are still yeah. got pain, they left loads of metal in my leg. But anyway, so uh, when I got out of, out of hospital, I'd missed most of my third year, fourth year, uh, fifth year mm -hmm. school no one tends to get me back I think they probably seem as a bit of a nightmare as a kid mm. who was always off family way yeah. with, with different ailments and uh, I just came up with this mad like mm -hmm. crazy idea go to London go to London get a job there's loads of jobs in London right mm. and it's you know and it's only like sort of what 18, age were you 18, 18 and a half something like that and, uh, and I'd saved up a couple of hundred quid and it was only a couple of hundred quid it was no more 
Uh, and I remember, and I swear you go, this is not true, but it's true, right? I remember putting rolled up newspapers in the grip bag to fill it out a wee bit. <laughs> Regular no figures. Yeah, I got mean, no, no clothes, <laughs> right? And I landed over, and I met these guys, a couple of guys who were from Belfast, who were living in a place, uh, a place called Harsden. They said, yeah, you can do your room with us. Oh, excellent. Get off, got a job in the, in the job centre, strangely, uh, mm. which was the hook for recruitment a bit later yeah. on. And uh, it was weird because you sort of, you're, you're, you think you're street smart going up in West Belfast. Yep. You think you're sort of, you know, uh, you know, bit of a geezer. And then you head to London at such a young age and you're just thick as shit. Yeah. Right? You've no street smarts yeah, yeah. that you think you have, right? So you've got to develop really quickly. And also, uh, we things like, see, so getting a black bag of washing mm-hmm. and going to the fucking laundry every Sunday to do your washing yeah. and then fold it up. And I never had white shirts. I always had grey shirts. It's a smart move. I know, because always when you, put, <laughs> yeah. you just put everything in together, don't you? <laughs> yeah, just to save your money. You oh, the world dies. Trying to get all the shops to get 20 p's for your dryer. Just so start out white shirts. Just start out white, it all just turned dark grey and then peel grey then it started falling apart and then rip. Uh, so I did that for a bit. And, uh, but I always kind of, I suppose part of the thing going to London always made me sort of think that I could do something, you know, mm. and really undeserved as well there was nothing to back it up that I could say you know be somebody achieve mm-hmm. something but I always kind of had that premise that I wanted to be somebody who you know did something like like you guys do something mm-hmm. you know what I mean you, you talk to people in the bar and stuff and it's mm. probably quite interesting people are sort of your job sounds so much more interesting than mine yeah and when I was working over there I, I remember the job in the call centre and I'd speak to people and go I'm a such and such for the civil service I'm a welfare officer for such and such I'm a joiner I'm mm. a plumber I'm an electrician and they all could sort of say they do something they've achieved something in a career mm. I go what do you do I go work in a call centre and go what do you do I go work in a call centre what do you do in a call centre answer calls yeah. uh, you know that's what call centres do so I wanted to do something and I seen this ad it was a wee tiny tiny ad in the evening standard uh, RATCON required West End agency and I looked at my CV and I went CV looks crap Right, there's no qualifications on here, no. uh, and if I try and lie and they start asking me mm. questions about it, I'll, I'm just I'm not that good mm. at spoofing. You know, I'll get caught out. I'll just waste my time. So I thought the best thing to do is phone the guy up and just blag. Mm. So I phone him up and I go, "Hi, nice to Simon. Yeah, it's my name is Max Mac, and I'm just phoning up. Mm. See, so you got a job. I'd be really interested to talk to him down there tomorrow. Uh, can I pop in and see him? He's like, "No, no, no, no. Sorry, I'm a very busy person. I'm a busy person. But I'm going to go <laughs> to see you. You know, just give me five minutes. Meet me in reception. If you're not there, I'll just I'll go. Don't worry about it. But I'm going to call in. And eventually, he said, "I'll see him." Very good. Right? But and, he, and later on, I found that he says to the guard next to me, goes like, "That guy just completely closed me. You know, he, he's really good." And it was, it was just me trying my hardest mm. to blag, blag. really. But I didn't know he was the MD. And if he had to say, I'm the MD, I'd have probably bottled it. (laughs) Thanks very much, mister. And then so I just put the phone down, went, that's enough for me. But he didn't. So I went in and and gave him the best pitch, but been really, you know, energetic. We've got loads of energy. I really want to do something. And I think they just liked the story of me coming over from Belfast, having the problems that I had. Brilliant. And I didn't. At the time, I just thought I was like, you know, just, just hustling here. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, it takes a lot of guts for someone yeah. to do that there and put yourself in that session. Most people would have just packed up and given and stuff. So they gave me a job. And then the problems really started because you go in and you meet these really posh and they were all really well-dressed. Mm. You know, like all young guys. Mm-hmm. They wore like Burberry and, and sort of Aquascudum overcoats. They wore Hugo Boss suits and mm-hmm. Big fifty pound ties, which is back in nineteen eighty four. Fifty quid, a lot of money. It was still a lot of money. Yeah. Then it was like big dough. Go for a tie, fifty quid for a tie. Yeah. And I thought, shit, you know, I gotta, I gotta match these guys. Mugged I gotta, them. I gotta, like, you know, like, yeah. up to what they're doing. And they'd come in and they'd have like, like the Telegraph, 
and the Independent. There's me with the back page of the Sun, checking <laughs> the scores. And the well, no, but literally, you know, you sort of got the, the comfier working class the, the thing. But they're all just spoofers. After <laughs> when you worked out, they sort of like well dressed spoofers. But, but that that was part of the perception. That's you right. know what I mean? You come in, and these guys would be talking about. Um, it was, it was John Major was in government at the time. Shows how long that was. Uh, and they'd be talking about sort of like, you know, if Labour gets them, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. I remember sort of thinking, you know, really well educated. These type of subjects don't interest any of my mates, but these mm. guys seem to be not only interested, but really well versed. Yeah. But then after bed, I'd be picking a newspaper up and then realising that the bit they talked about this morning was the bit that they read about this morning. Okay. Just almost word for word. Yeah. Yeah. And you go, well, these guys are just like chancellors, no, just like yeah. me. Yeah. They're just trying to like get, get ahead as much yeah. as they can. The benefit was that they had a middle class upbringing, so they were expected to do well. Their parents uh, yeah, and their upbringing. There was an expectation for them. Then, yeah. you, know, you do have to do well. You do have to be a good guy. You do have to get a good job and a career. And, and from, from, it was always expected. But I was the youngest of seven kids who were all on the dole, who, mm. who didn't have jobs, who had no expectations to get mm. jobs. And, and, and very working class background where the kind of just sort of says, right, look, listen, you know, whatever level you hit, kid, just stay there. And that's mm -hmm. it. We don't care. And I kind of felt, well, no, if I'm going to compete with these guys, only way, because they were all posh as well. That was the other yeah. thing. And posh people get ahead quicker than working class people, because if you sound posh, you sound intelligent. Like you know what you're yeah. in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. Again, it's perception, as you say. Yeah, perception is reality. So uh, I just worked out, just for, like, just work a wee bit harder than what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And even though they're like males and males in front of you, if you're kind of walking a wee bit faster, working a wee bit harder, mm. you'll eventually catch them. And what happened was, and it was just really lucky, that there was a guy called Bill and Simon who both run the company. And they'd open offices in Bristol, then Birmingham, then Manchester, then Edinburgh, then, then along the M4 corridor. And then they pushed, we wanted offices in Europe. So they started up mm. in, uh, I think it was France, then Germany, then Amsterdam, oh. they opened in Belgium. The next thing, let's open more offices. And then they got this thing in and they said, so like, look, listen, see if you stick with us. Uh, we'll give you like a, a, a sure thing of the business, mm -hmm. which nobody believed. Everybody kind of just played with like some mm. bullshit to hook you in for a couple <laughs> of it, years yeah. and not pay you. Yeah. I mean, get, you know, you're earning, you're earning like 100 grand a year, mm. like in the late 90s, so you're earning good dough. Mm -hmm. So we're okay. And, and, and whatever happened, the route that I took, I went into the city where all the banks are, set up a brand new business. And while I was doing that, there was kind of, you, you, I was talking to you off camera, we bit about it, that you did some work for somebody about culture, yeah. culture of the business. Mm. Well, if you remember the Wolf of Wall Street mm -hmm. or, or stuff like that, there, Jordan that's Belfort. Like. Yeah. We were eating like chicken curry and chips at nine o'clock in the morning and then getting on the phone for four <laughs> or five hours, uh, like banging it like mad. And at half five, win or lose, hit the booze, going to the pub and then coming in the next morning and doing it the same again. Wow. And have you seen these madly crew of people coming into work with their telegraph mm -hmm. uh, and their independent and their lovely suits on and their briefcases <laughs> and then seeing them like talking into these big fry ups and food? <laughs> You know, like protein to get their day going. And then sort of get out at night into the pubs and have lab. It was incredible. And when I'd been away, they kind of let that culture take over the, the, the message of the business. Mm. So phoning in late, coming in late, taking days off, not doing your work, having uh, months where you, you didn't produce any mm. revenue, all became very normal. Mm -hmm. And they tried a couple of people to kind of fix it. But as I'd mentioned earlier, when I'd come in, it was always like work hard always try and work a wee bit harder than the next guy. Mm. So if there is a problem, it's his problem, it's not your problem. Uh, always try and get ahead of somebody. Mm. And I built up a good reputation. So on a whim, they said, look, listen, this business is failing. Uh, and we need someone really strong to take over. So mm. they brought me over to take over. And I worked for this guy. 
who who I still don't like, right? We have never got on, right? <laughs> no I mean, names, no names. But I'll give you a clue. He's related to royalty, uh, and there was there was about twenty five people all working, or all senior people, uh, and within a month, I sort of said, "Look, we got to get rid of everybody." They, they all think that they can't lose their jobs. They, they all think they're doing us a favour. Mm. Like the market's changed. That somebody else has taken over in the industry and we're on the back foot. And without me being here, you know, you guys would be screwed. Mm-hmm. Now it's completely the wrong attitude. It's, it's just, and, and they feel it there running the business and telling us what to do. Yeah. I said, so when I say I want to sack them all, I don't want to sack them all. But one of them all feel that they can't be sacked. Yeah. And lo and behold, within nine months, I'd sack them all. <laughs> <laughs> Because they just, they just wouldn't buy in. Or they, they'd, they'd probably gone a wee bit too far down the rabbit hole to, to yeah. re- go, go back. To, no, they, 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 they became too corporate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they rescale themselves again. And they're yeah. all, and, but the amount of energy they'd spend trying to get it day off or get no excuse yeah. to do something. I remember this one guy, and, and he, he, he really posh guy. And he's like, oh, Max, hi. I got this meeting in, in Twickenham. Uh, it's at half past three. I'll be finished about half past four. But by the time I go back to the office, it's going to be about six o'clock. Do you mind if I just go on home then? You know, off the meeting. And I went, no, it sounds perfectly feasible. <laughs> And then he left him and he's a lamb bastard. <laughs> he just wants a half day off. So I phoned up the company that he's supposed to be at. Uh. And I was like, listen, there's a fear. There's a guy tomorrow after the start seeing, seeing a guy called Henry. Uh, can I have a word with him? She goes, who? And I said, she goes, nobody bad in here. And I went, okay. I went, Maybe it's a different part. So I phoned up again. Somebody else answered the phone. Uh, and I went, hi, I'm phoning up for this guy. And I could hear the woman who asked me, she goes, is that that putty prick on the phone again? <laughs> right? And I went, fuck. And she goes, tell him, I thought I told him he's not here. So I hung up. <laughs> And the next day, the guy came in, and I went, oh, man, how, how are you going to say? He goes, oh, amazing, really good meeting. I said, went to your pub. You wouldn't believe it. Took us this big Irish pub. I was thinking of you so much. There's loads of parties. There's loads <laughs> of parties good. in the pub. Yeah. You know, really good car. We had five or six pints. Unfortunately, there's no business there at the minute, but he said in six, seven months' time, they'll definitely use again. I went, you're land, little bastard. And I phoned the business. I said, he goes, no, you didn't. I went, fuck, I did. Good cob party. So I seen him go, hold on a second. And he went over he was doing this on the phone, and what he'd done, he'd phoned his mate and said, Look, listen, I'm going to put my boss on really quick. Say, you guys are to meet me yesterday, right? Say, you're the guy, right? And he said, Oh, Max, listen, the guy, here's the guy here. The guy says he'll tell you I was yesterday. I said, Tell him to hang up and I'll ring him straight back. And he goes, Well, do you want me this number? I said, No, I've got the number on the system. I spoke to them yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he went, Tell the word. <laughs> and then he resigned. <laughs> he goes, Look, listen, you've got me. I'm going to resign. Mark's not in it. I need to leave. And it was that type of constant battle. He was a talent? <laughs> And he just applied himself. That's what I mean. They spent so much time working up these, these stories, these these these. Oh, he was very creative in his line, and and he should have been a lot more creative in his uh, productivity. And he applied the same amount of bullshit to his work than he did to bullshit. You know, <laughs> uh, that's, that's but at awesome. the same time with that, though, the, the guy who was telling you about was always trying to pick me up and stuff. How come this is happening? How come this is happening? Mm-hmm. That was supposed to happen, didn't happen. And I would mate, you brought me over to change everything. Yeah. Of course, it's going wrong because they're not doing their job. That's why they've got warnings with warnings. That's why we're trying to fact them out of the business. And at the same time, I, I, I worked with a guy who's kind of my number two. And I said, you know what we need? We need like a wee young couple of hungry guys who come in who want to do well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they want to kind of get on. And we kind of met these wee guys from North London. And we took them on board. And we made them sit completely different, or somewhere different in the office. And we moved all the old dinosaurs to this side of the office. And all the young guys in the mm-hmm. city office. And have they ever tried to... We things like, um, if a call come in using a job seat, they'd be like, uh, look at your mom, brown nose in there. Yeah. Brown nose there, brown nose <laughs> And I'd say that's a real negative attitude. And what they're trying to do is intimidate you, mm-hmm. trying to bully you. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm not having that at all. And in the end, these were young guys sort of done really well. And then by the end of it, the older guys just knew it's not happening. I'm not prepared to change, so they all left. So I completely rechanged the business, brought it back up to be the most successful business mm-hmm. in the group at that stage because there was loads of other offices. Mm. 
uh, and, and my stock was like really sort of flat. Uh, and then another problem office come up, so I kind of got this reputation as a bit of a troubleshooter. Mm. And it, it was ridiculous, man. It had gone from something like, at one stage, earning like three hundred thousand pound a week wow. to, to bringing in ten grand a week, mm -hmm. which ten grand a week is still a lot, but mm. going from there, the there way, yeah. you know. And I, I suppose really the problem is, it was. 94, 95, 96, which when the PC era was just coming in, mm. if you remember that. Yeah. So everybody was switching over to PC, and it was just one of those perfect store moments. You've got the key to supply all these top-notch, talented people who are dealing with this new technology that we know nothing about, mm. and we've got loads of money to try and get this technology on board, and we're happy yeah. to give it to you mm. if you can introduce us to these things. Uh, and they just made so much money. They, mm. they, they didn't know what what, we interest the story later on. One of the guys made the most money. Uh, you know, can I talk about Ralph Harris, who was yeah. caught with all those sexual things? Yeah. Well, just before it, he had paid Ralph Harris loads of money to do a family portrait. Oh, my goodness. Right? Wow. Did he get this massive family portrait, like maybe it's like 15 foot tall, 8 foot wide, uh, covered wow. his big house that he owns. <laughs> he had it mounted in the main room above this big, huge fireplace. Uh, and the next week, it was announced that Ralph Harris was passed up. So he, he did the pull it down, oh, smashed it up, and he threw it in the bin. <laughs> Paid a hundred pounds for it. I went in art school and all with them, so it no, was actually a really good guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think, yeah, so getting back to saying it, they just, they just made so much money so, so early on, mm -hmm. you know, and it set them up. So they gave me a sort of business, uh, and I did the same thing again, same philosophy, just working a bit harder. Why are you here? What do mm -hmm. you want to do? What's your goal? And there was this one guy, uh, I'll give you his first name, it was Gary, and I was told the first day, second, guy's gone, give him a sack. When I spoke, he was like, uh, yeah, you, you Max, you, you Max. And I mean, have you got a stutter? And he's like, no. And it was just because he's nervous. <laughs> nervous, And yeah. he kind of been battered and beaten up and, and kind of, you know, just, just ignored whatever. His confidence was really low. And I was like, oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you two months. If you do everything I tell you in two months, I bet you're a different person. And then he just bought into it. And within two yeah, months, you mentored him. Yeah. Within two months, he was back up again, um, doing deals left, right, and centre. The guys, the other guys in the office, seen that the stuff that I was doing worked. Mm -hmm. I know it was really good that they were like the other guys. The, mm -hmm. the counterculture hadn't really set in. They wanted to do well. They just hadn't had anybody drive them mm. or, or show them how to do yeah, it. Yeah, guide them. Uh, reset that business up. Then I got me a promotion to UK sales director, and then from there, uh, I changed a lot of structural things around, which worked really well. Then they made me the operations director, which is kind of the MD. Mm -hmm. And then the company floated in the stock market. Hmm. Everybody got uh, different sort of levels of money in it. Uh, and then uh, my missus, John, how you doing? Was like, uh, I want to go home. I want to go home. Yeah. You know, there's no reason for us to be here. We've got a lot of money. Mm -hmm. We can move home. Uh, and I was just like, okay. You know, uh, my daughter, who, you know, I adore, was coming up to 11. I was kind of like, well, it's the transition from little school to big school. Mm -hmm. It's probably a good age. So Time I made in, the decision. Yeah. Uh, which was heart wrenching because it had loads of mates, yeah. uh, loads it, of really successful mates as well. What age were you then, Max? Were you, so you left, you left. Thirty nine. Thirty nine. So you were really away twenty. Twenty one years. Twenty one years. Twenty one, twenty two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, were, a long time. You're yeah. sold there yeah, then. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, man. It's sort of the the, the, the flat cap. You know, <laughs> he's that Marvel wow. Brian. You know what I mean? So they really bought into the lifestyle stuff. Uh, my daughter an English accent. Yeah. All our mates were all kind of English. Uh, but but Charm is just like, no, no, come on, you know, mom and dad's getting older, let's move home and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I thought about, you know what, yeah, why not? Let's give it a go. You know, a new adventure. And you came back to up Market Town, didn't you? 
Uh, we're back to the Gannon. <laughs> if anybody's from the Gannon has ever watched this here, no, not against the Gannon, just people from the Gannon. Uh, oh, no, just we were moved back because my missus has found me some wee place called Ben Burr, which I think you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you know how small it is, yeah. insular. And the, uh, what I, I suppose really said, I found there's a reason people live in small towns. Because yeah. they're kind of, I don't want to say small minded, but they don't have that much ambition. They just want to earn enough money to get them banned, get out yeah. on a Saturday night at a local pub, and they, they play camogie or, or rugby <laughs> or GAA weekends yeah. or stuff. And that, that's kind of what they do, you know, which is good. It's okay. yeah. But because I've been in London, moving back, and also, uh, you know, remember 2008, the crash? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I remember. Right yeah. at the crash, we moved back, right? Which was a nightmare because every day you're hearing like this bad shit in the news mm-hmm. the pound's dropping this is dropping that's dropping all the shares it got from the business went right through the floor right, yeah. right down into like nothing at all man thankfully they'll build up again but I took away <laughs> so I'm sitting like what am I going to do what am I going to do I didn't really know what to do and I'd, I'd spoken to my missus and said I'll just get a job mm-hmm. you know I'm talented mm-hmm. enough I've done enough work I've got a good enough reputation I thought CV looks good enough I'm a, I, I deliver stuff you know so so I'm good enough to get a job. Mm. And every fucking recruitment agency I spoke to went, nah, nah, not interested in it, not interested in it. And it was almost like you were too experienced to get yeah. a job, you know. And I'd forgotten in London, I was working with maybe 300 consultants, mm-hmm. 25, 30 people in management, 40 people back office functions. It was a big operation for the type of work we do. And the guy, I remember the guy said to me, look, there's eight of us, and two of us own it. Mm. So do you know what I mean? So we brought you in to do the work. That we do. What would we do? What would we do? Yeah. And then I kind of thought after speaking to him, I said, you know, they're not more intelligent than me. They're not more experienced than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, set your own business up. Mm. And, and I thought, okay, so we'll do it. so that's what's come up with Black Fox. Mm. I set Black Fox up. And I remember sort of thinking, I have no contacts at all. I don't know anybody. There's nobody can phone up and say, look, let's here. You can't introduce me to Henry. Yeah. You can't like introduce me to Christopher. That's the big hurdle yeah. in your game. So I thought, what do we know? I want yellow pages. So when all the, I was on Yellow Pages, and again, I don't even want to say this online, so much they blocked me three times because <laughs> I was trying to get business names and companies. Because then you got to get the yeah, business name. you got to phone up and you got to say, listen, do you, do, you, do you work in engineering? Do you work mm. in retail? What is it you do? Do you hire staff? Do you use agencies? Would you consider using us? And then the other big hurdle that you had is no one's heard of you. If no one's heard of That's you, right. nobody wants to use you. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sounds stupid to the layman. They go, well, what do you mean? Like, new business, you just phone up and you go, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And people go, yeah, we'll use it, and they use it. It just doesn't work like that. It yeah. takes time. So for the first year and a half, I say year and a half because the first six months, the World Cup, come on, do you remember? So I just watched the World Cup for <laughs> two months. <laughs> I didn't want to, I wanted to work. As I said, every day I was going to go recommend do some work, and then a match to be on. Yeah. And I'd be going home and have this mad, mad headache. Because remember the Vavazulas? Yeah. The, yeah. the, 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 the B side. So wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'd be coming up with a mad headache. Going, oh, and I must be like, oh, gee, you must work really hard today. And it's going, yeah, yeah. I hadn't done anything. <laughs> but I managed to get it on track. Wasps. And uh, again, you know, slowly, slowly catchy monkey type uh-huh. thing. You start off small. You build your reputation. You build your database. You build your client base. You invest more mm-hmm. in advertising. Uh, you look to take staff on board. Uh, you try and get like-minded people who, you know, because yeah. I always say, you know, there's, there's two types of job, right? only two types of job. Mm. There's people who make money, there's people who save money. Mm. Uh, and if you look at any job that anybody okay. does, you're either that efficient at your job or that good mm. and, and well-organized that you save the company money, 
you're that good at winning contracts, you're that good at bringing new business in, and you make the company money, right? Mm. So it's just it's a wee recruitment mm. philosophy thing that people have. Uh, and I just couldn't get anybody with any buy-in. Mm. Everybody, you know, you'd be sitting there, you ambitious, yeah. And you go, all oh, right, so tell me about that there. What, what do you do? Uh, where'd you live? He goes, still live with my mum. Mm-hmm. You're 35, aren't you? And they go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're married? They go, no, no, still live with my mum. And I've had a job, you'd earn money, what'd you do? Uh, you know, if I get enough money, buy a pair of jeans or a jumper mm. or something, yeah. and get to the pub, brilliant. And you go, all right. So it was annoying me a bit that I couldn't get any traction. I couldn't, uh, yeah. you know, and I was used to like sort of wearing nice suits and getting, you know, into the West End of London, mm. Soho, and, and, and mixing with sort of like business type people. And you were into like Dungana and Sainsbury's, there's a fucking tractor there. <laughs> Some guy drove into Sainsbury's in a tractor to do his shopping. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's kind of off-putting. So I thought, right, I'll set up a new business. Uh, I'll call it Reactive Recruitment. Mm. Uh, there's this guy who I kind of knew in the industry, who I thought I'd be looking for an opportunity. And uh, so I got a, a, a contact and said, look, I'm thinking of setting up this new opportunity in Belfast. I want to set up this business. I'll do it. I want someone to come in to run it, someone mm. who's going to manage it, someone who I can trust to do the job. And he was like, right, okay. I said, so would you fancy meeting up? And he went, yeah, yeah. I'll meet you this Sunday at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I went, Sunday at 9 o'clock. <laughs> I never leave the house this Sunday, ever. I had like jammies on, TVs on, shut up, watch the TV. I was like, 9 o'clock. And I went, all right, it's, I want to talk to him. So we dressed, went to this hotel to meet him. He was about 15 minutes late. Told him the whole pitch. Got him a coffee and everything. And he was like, nah, not interested. And I said, were you ever interested? And he was like, no. And I was like, then why, <laughs> why, why did you just say that to me, prick? Instead of having me fucking... <laughs> on, the day, on a Sunday On, on a Sunday. Yeah. On a Sunday to God's day. It's right? so really pissed off. As an, and I think because I was annoyed as an afterthought, he sort of went, do you know a guy called Paul Armstrong? And I went, no, do you know him? And he went, no. And I went, what are you trying to do here? And he goes, no, I just thought you'd mention he's good in the industry. So the straight line is going, Liam Collin and stuff. And I went, why do you mention him? And then looking up for tag Paul uh, on LinkedIn, Paul mm. got and we met up. We found out we had a lot of common interests. Mm. No, we're, we're big movie buffs. Mm. Uh, we're big into our football and stuff. And he's a family man, I'm a family man. We, we'd worked for years in recruitment, mm. so we had really good sort of reporting. I got good. just got on. Uh, and, and he'd worked for a big, big recruiter in, in Belfast. And he did loads of local knowledge, loads of local information. So I just said, look, here's the pitch. Here's what we can pay you for the first year. If you come on board, you're going to be the director. Uh, you'll end up sort of like running both businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be like a five to eight year plan mm. before we can like properly, probably say we've established. And he just bought into it straight away. So, so within no time, me and him had been to Ikea, bought loads of chairs, desks and stuff. We got offices, we were in the offices. IT got fitted the computers, we had the phone system put in, and we are putting desks together. And on the third day, and it was really like him and one of the person heard, you could just feel the buzz was so different. Yeah. The buzz in the office was just yeah. completely different to what I was used to down in the beginning. Uh, so I, that's how we shut the business down, mm-hmm. or I'm going to move it. So mm-hmm. uh, I spoke to some of the people down there. They took redundancy. And that week, I moved the whole business up to Belfast. So two businesses mm-hmm. within 30 yards of each other. They were completely separate. Which was brilliant because mm. I could just go there, or just go there. There's mm. no getting taxis or, or having the find parking. Yeah, okay. Uh, but again, you got that buzz where, where, where you're in a city centre, where, where people, especially young people who want to do something and achieve something, mm. you know, come in and have a bit of a purpose. Which was something that when I was a kid, none of my mates had. None of my mates had this idea about. Uh, and I wish they had. I mean, like going to go to university. Uh, I'm going to get drunk all the time, go to parties, yeah. I'm going to get myself a tutu of some description, yeah. I'm going to use that to get a job, I'm going to impress the guys in the job a wee bit, I'm going to kiss ass a bit, get a couple of promotions, learn what I need to do, set up your own business and be a millionaire. None of my mates ever had that impression. They all just wanted, 
a job of some description that paid them, but it was never a career, it was just a job. No. Their, 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 their job fed yeah. their lifestyle, nothing else. But mind you the opposite, I always wanted a career. I always kind of wanted, remember earlier was saying, what do you do? Mm. I always wanted to be in that position where I could why, say something. Why did you think, oh, okay, here, here you have, you grew up in Ballin Murphy, um, you have obviously some things to work through in regards to the polio and stuff like that. Why did you think, did that get, come from you your point? issues. That's <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> well. No. <laughs> well, let it go with that. Um, Comes with territory. Where, where do you think you got it from? Was your, any of your parents? No, no. Uh, my dad, God rest him, and everything was as lazy as you could get. He hated working, hmm. uh, loved drinking. Uh, Possibly, would, was that maybe what drove you? Because my father was the same. My father was an alcoholic. Do you think that's what drove you to say, I, I want more you than this? Part, I think, sort of, if I'm really honest, it's probably got to have something to do. Like you said, you've obviously had issues to work through. I, mm. I jokingly said my issues. But it's, in some point, it's got to be like a mental thing, I think, to do with my disability. Yeah. I think I must have had this thing growing up. Because remember, I was always trying to play football or always trying to get involved mm -hmm. with the other guys. You know, just being normal. Sort normal, of yeah. It must have been something like where you're, you're kind of sort of going, I, I need to either validate myself or I need to prove myself. Yeah. Because uh, even way back, I remember sort of like... Uh, if, 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 if it was carrying something, someone says, let me do that, I'd be like, no, do it myself. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you were independent. Yeah, extremely independent. Mm. Uh, probably overly independent, I suppose. Mm. But I kind of felt that I needed to have that type of attitude mm. to, to, to maybe get you or, mm. or you to accept me more or maybe yeah, you okay. to respect me a little bit more okay. than, than yeah, maybe sort fair. of some geezer who had like a bad leg yeah. who just sits in the corner and who goes to bingo with his mat 36. <laughs> uh, but that was the fear. Was you know, I, be, I'm sitting there yeah. and I'm going, I mean, if I don't get a job, if I don't do something here, you know, I'm not going to get married uh, no. because, again, all, all of the, 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 the girls uh, around my area want people who can fight like fuck mm. uh, or who have a car, right? I've neither. Yeah. Can't do any of it. Uh, or, or, or sort of like, you know, do something that like sort of like the alpha male type thing. Mm. We just don't. <laughs> always had this dreaded image that sort of like on a Friday night or Saturday night, my mom would be like, well, Max, get your coat on. <laughs> and me coming out with my new coat on, but special. And me and her going to bingo. So, Chris, is this, this is our take from this. This is what drove this man's success. <laughs> Thirty-six-year-old Maxwell's mother in the bingo hall in Royal Avenue. And did you never take her then? No, 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 no. no thankfully, thankfully, so many things I look back to. I'm, I'm not really a religious person, but I do pray. I sort of thank God for that. But don't know. It's sort of none of my family are, are in business. None of my family mm. have had you know uh, reasonable success and stuff. And even my extended family. And hmm. I'm the youngest of seven. Uh, so, I don't know. Is it, do, do the youngest in the family, are they more successful than the, the older ones? Or is there, is there some... I, I kind of see a trend like that sort of whenever I... Like, I, I'm from a, a sizable family and usually, like, the, the younger ones are the ones that kind of get a lot more attention and they, they get pushed through school a bit more because they're the last hope. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't me. That wasn't me at all. So that wasn't me at all. Just listen to your your story there, Max. It's a class story actually, because we can't kind of just mesmerise listening there over the last couple of minutes. But if you were to normally, whenever we have people on the show, we would ask them if you went back maybe ten years or fifteen or twenty years back to your younger self, maybe back in London, what would you do differently? I'm listening to your story and I'm thinking, Flip, I'd be very happy with that that lifestyle of where you came from. But I'm sure you still have something you go. I probably. Do you know what? It, it, it sounds really weird. But if it's something to tell me younger self, I'd say be more confident mm -hmm. in yourself. Mm. You know, you're probably better than you think you are. Yeah. Um, again, coming from my background, working in, in that environment with these very confident 
and, and again, you sort of work out the draw fronts. You know, yeah. all the people I worked yeah. with, I surpassed. Mm. I, I took over them. I got promoted faster mm. over them. I earned more money over them. Most of them ended up working for me in some degree. Uh, but the very start was quite daunting because you'd sort of like, you know, and again, it was just perceptions, reality. Mm. Uh, they, and they were all there. They were all there before me. They all mm. had the upper hand. They all had the background, the, the university education. They're determined, their thought process, you know, sort of like, uh, if they're earning 65 grand, they get up to 125. And I go, 125 grand? Mm. Are you nuts? And to me, I was like, all the money in the world. Yeah. Going, Jesus yeah. Christ. Alan Sugar must have that much money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bill Gates. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose, and again, they were just putting the front on. They were mm. just probably bullshitting like I was. Mm. And I've probably been more determined or, or more confident than myself then. And I probably pushed more. I, I maybe got to where I was getting to. Yeah. A bit quicker. But, but, uh, quicker, but yeah. ultimately with less hassle. Mm -hmm. With less sort of like conflict. You know, because mm. again, p people talk about it now, but, but you know, back in the day, I mean, everybody was still really anxious. Mm -hmm. You were still nervous about stuff. You were mm. still, you know, with trepidation about doing things you didn't want to do. You were, you're you're made to feel really uncomfortable yeah. at times. And th there's nowhere near the, the political correctness now that there was there. And you, and you should know yourselves. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, it was fair game to everybody. Yeah, well, that's you know, oh, kill yeah. or be killed type of thing. So uh, I suppose, uh, if I can reverse the question, what would I tell younger people now, 20 years younger than me? Hmm. Don't look for excuses. Hmm. Don't yeah, try and good. hide behind stuff, right? If people say you suffer, and I know people do have mental health issues and stuff, but there's, there's different degrees. There's people who got, you know, medical sort of like, you just can't do this, you're yeah. not equipped yeah. with it. And there's people yeah. who have periods where they'll feel under yeah. stress, they'll feel under pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's a big comfort to know everybody has that to some degree. You know Definitely, I, mean? I agree with you. Everybody feels that way. They won't admit it. Mm. They, they, they won't say it, but they will. Yeah. And, and, and again, get off your phone. Stop mm. listening to the bullshit in your phone. Mm. You seen that? Like, see them fucking out. Pictures annoy me. The one with the dogs on the grave. The guy goes, this dog. Uh, yeah, the last 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> you go, no, it fucking hasn't. You're not walking, it's tired, it's just laid down. And then you pull that bullshit in. Do you know what I mean? You hear this like, crap that people come off with. Yeah. But I think as a younger person, and you aren't more naive. You, you uh -huh. are. I'm not cynical or anything. I'm just sort of saying this. You are cynical about a dog laying on a grave. No, I love dogs. I would get him. I, I love dogs. But I mean, it's sort of, you know, really? Really? Yeah. Do you remember, like, Lassie? What was, was, it, that, what was that Scottish dog, the wee dog? Uh, it was a true story. Yes. Uh, so, oh, come on. That'll come to me. That Somebody Google dog, that. That wee dog would go. Yes. Bright. That we don't, and that's a good story. But then people milk it and yeah. sort of put yeah. in all this other type. No crap. Was it a Springer Spaniel? I, mean, I suppose for the. I always thought it was wee Westy. No, I'm only joking. I am not Springer Spaniel anymore. <laughs> it was it, it, it a poet or something. From Edinburgh, the dog and we yeah, died. Yeah, sat in his oh, grave for like 12 years or something. They even blue packed the grave. Oh, no, I, I watch it every Christmas. <laughs> but what I mean is, it's sort of like if you try and spin it around, just. I, if I was kind of like sort of like anxious about something and, and to do something, you, you can in a good way, mm -hmm. you were kind of sort of made, choking up me and just going on with it. Yeah. You know, uh, probably not the best way to do it, but it kind of made you fame within yourself to sort of do something yeah. and, and push yourself forward. I'm not sure now with, with the amount of uh, images and, and, and messages sent through social mm. media at the minute and, uh, and the, the type of bullshit that sort of like people put through. I believe that all these other people look like that all the time. Yeah. That they don't go to the toilet mm. at all, right? And they never eat anything. So they never put a pound on, and, uh -huh. and I don't wear. No, you see this woman who's like face looks like squared, and they go, <laughs> "I don't wear makeup at all." And he wants to let me go. You do, you do. <laughs> right? So you see stuff like this. I suppose I, I would flip and sort of go. You know, 
Clean yourself a wee bit more. Don't believe the bullshit. Yeah. And, and as you know, as you get older, everything has an angle. Everything has an angle. Mm-hmm. So everything that is in social media, there's an angle to oh, it. Someone's an trying to, even if it's just to get you to like something, mm-hmm. there, there's an angle to it. And, and yeah. don't They've really got an agenda. Yeah, there's no doubt. Got an agenda. Um, okay, we're, we're sitting at um, Black Fox and the other recruitment business. Reactive recruitment. What, what age are you now, Remember me asking? 51. 51. What does a 55-year-old or 60-year-old Max look like? Uh, he's definitely got a suntan. Yeah, it's a week. Because <laughs> right? he's going to be near the Mediterranean somewhere. <laughs> uh, he's not going to moan or whinge anywhere near as much as his 51-year-old self. No, you're, you're still driven. You're still passionate. No, no, I think, do you know what? See, to be fair, I'll be perfectly honest with you, right? A lot of it depends on disability. Yeah. Uh, because I've got polio, right? So, so what happens is one of my legs is shorter and weaker than the other. Mm-hmm. So whenever I walk, I walk in a... Compensate. Yeah. What would you like? Crooked sort of way, right? Yeah. Which puts pressure on the hip and also puts pressure on the back. So I've got a permanently bad lower back where mm-hmm. I've had damage on the, mm-hmm. the, the part of the... The, the plates or whatever they yeah. yeah. uh, I've got problems with my hip. So the sex rule Max Mag is very dependent upon how fit I keep myself, how well I cool. keep myself. Yeah. Like, like, I, like, do you eat beetroot? I love beetroot. Yeah. Nobody loves beetroot. I eat beetroot, but I don't love beetroot. Yeah, I love beetroot. I beetroot. love, like, custard buns, and I love cream yes. fingers. Okay, so beetroot. Beetroot, yeah. So you're saying sort of like a 60-year-old. Uh, I've got to eat, like, beetroot now. I'm eating sort of, like, lettuce. Uh, some called kiwa, which I didn't know was called. Yeah. It's not spelled kiwa. Kenwa, kiwa, what do you call it? Kiwi? Kiwi, kiwa. No, it's the So I've got to eat all that stuff. I'm trying to look after my health. I'm trying to sort of manage my weight. I'm trying to go out walking and stuff to try and build up a bit of muscle. Cool. Uh, so if I get to 60 and I'm still okay, I'll work. Mm-hmm. And if I have any more problems, I'll probably sort of start looking to retire, semi-retire. Okay. Very good. Very good. So, I want to ask you a couple of questions, uh, Max. If someone looking down the, the, the barrel of the camera... Um, what would be your tips for someone starting out in business? Uh, top three tips. Mm-hmm. Top three tips. Okay. Uh, if you're going to start out in business, make sure you've got a good idea. Uh, and if it's a good idea, understand you're going to have competition. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have the idea, other people have it. Uh, so you've got a good idea. Uh, make sure you, you, you look at your market. Make sure you kind of like look at your product and put guidelines in place of how quickly you need to establish your business. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be a product-based business, you got to sell something. So so mark in periods where you want to do these types of sales so mm. that you know you're getting money coming in for your business. Uh, number two, I'd say be brutally honest. You mm. know, if uh, people come up with these like ideas all the time and they don't work, mm. you know, and if they don't work, there's no point sort of flogging a dead horse. Yeah. So, so set yourself a time frame and just be brave. Don't listen to other people. Don't let other people kind of misgauge or misinform you but do seek out someone who's maybe doing a similar thing mm. maybe a bit of a mentor yeah. someone can give you like honest advice some of the best advice you can get is the advice you don't want to hear mm. uh, uh, but if it, if it is going well brilliant if it's not going well put your foot in the ball end it and look for a new idea there's millions of people in business who've, who've started off in bad mm. ideas and mm. found something two or three times into it yeah. uh, and thirdly uh, if you're going to do it uh, Work hard, you know. Don't don't try and see it as a part time business. Mm-hmm. Mm. Invest time into it, but don't kill yourself. Do something you're going to enjoy. Yeah. Do something you can have a bit of a laugh with. Do something that you can take an interest in, so that uh, if if you know if it's eight o'clock at night and you're still in work, that you you don't feel that you're sort of flogging a dead horse. Mm-hmm. Do something that you can sort of like enjoy doing, 
Uh, and when you do get the chance to take staff on, take like-minded staff on. Mm. Uh, you work with people more than you do anything else in your life. Uh, I'm going to work maybe nine hours a day. I'll go home for a few hours, then I'll go to bed and sleep. And then I get up and come into work again. So if you break my day up, I'm going to work more than mm. I am anywhere else. Yeah, that's right. So I kind of want to enjoy myself. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, I love football. I love movies. So if I can hire people who love football, people who love talking about movies, mm -hmm. uh, a bit of fashion, then it gets my down a bit quicker that. and yeah. it's a bit more interesting. And that's probably it, I suppose. Yeah, very good. Over your, um, you've had obviously a number of successes over the years. What person or what thing has been the greatest influence to you or a mentor for you? What has been one of the, the greatest things that, you know, has influenced know, you uh, or mentored you? See, see the influence thing. Can, can I use someone like uh, Alex Ferguson? Not a problem. Right, I'll tell you a story about Alex Ferguson, okay? Right? Alex Ferguson has talked to me when he was a manager of Manchester United nearly mm. every day. Mm. Wow. Every weekend he influenced me. Mm. He encouraged me to do well through what the team did. Mm -hmm. uh, and when he retired, when he announced his retirement, it's a bit of a weird story, right, but it's true. Uh, I had an aunt in Birmingham who died on the day of his retirement. But I hadn't seen it in about 20 years. And when Alex Ferguson announced he's retired, uh, it was the same day that my aunt Mary, my sister, by the way, my aunt Mary's just passed away and stuff. And I remember having this sort of like, like pain in my chest. Yeah. I was going, I was going like, I'm fucking, I hadn't seen her in 20 years. And I'm like, it's, but it's affected me. I feel like really mm. like, and it wasn't her at all. It was Alex Ferguson retiring. <laughs> sort of like, it really like, it mostly upset me, like genuinely. For about a week, I was going, the bad mood and everything. I was just snapping at my missus. And it was because for 26 years, That's this right. guy advised me, yeah. gave me. And, and, and again, people think it's funny. If you look at someone who's like so driven, mm. somebody who was like a tool maker, who played, you know, mediocre type football for some, but went on to have probably the most, mm. uh, in, in sport, probably yeah. the most successful career in, in, in any sport, I suppose. Yeah. So being a Manchester United fan, I was looking at him. And you always wonder, like, sort of, what got him out of bed every morning? Yeah, like, why did it. he need to? Mm -hmm. Like, he, he must have had more money than his family will ever need. Yeah, that's right. He had more success. Uh, he could pick the phone up, probably, and talk to anybody in the mm -hmm. world. Like, everybody would have took a call from him. Mm -hmm. But yet, he continually challenged himself. Yeah. And I kind of like that type of thing, that, that reinvention, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Is, is that okay? It's no, class. that's absolutely fantastic. Well, my, my big question I love to ask people is to go back somewhere and tell me, like, one really embarrassing moment in business that you kind of, like, you made a balls up basically where you've done something and you went, oh my goodness, I've wrecked it. I love hearing stuff There's like loads. that. Because kind of for me, it, it lets me find out that people, like what you've been saying all, all the, the whole way through this is that we kind of make up as we go along. We're, we're always kind of messed yeah. up as everybody else. Do you know what it did one time? Um, when I was over in London, before my daughter was born stuff, mm -hmm. there was in recruitment. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned earlier with all, like, all that Wolf for Wall Street stuff. So yeah. we're, at this, we're at this kind of awards thing. Mm. And it did like, Comics from TV, they were the presenters and stuff. So it was a big deal. I ran this big, huge sort of like auditorium room in a hotel. Mm -hmm. It was a type of hotel. Did you ever been in a hotel where they put curtains down the side of the walls? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we're over there and there's maybe like 40 different recruitment agencies there. And people can be quite competitive and stuff and what they do. But also we know a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So it was over at the far side talking to guys. It was, you could smoke at the time. Inside, and I remember talking to this guy and having the smoke and having the laugh. He said, I'm going to head back over again. And we're leaning against the wall. Uh, and we walked over to the other side of the thing where our table was. Uh, and there was a guy called James. I said, James, anyway, and he's leaning against the wall. There was no wall there. It was just a fucking <laughs> curtain, right? 
No, it's worse. It's worse. <laughs> and what they've done is that they'd separated the, the part of the hall off, right? So because yeah. now I'm the church. Uh -huh. But as I fell back, I grabbed the curtain <laughs> and the curtain came off as I fell back, right? And I remember it's like something that like Laurel and Hardy or Charlie Chaplin that the curtain fell down and I fell down with it. But it was like a parachute. Right, so I'd stood up and was trying to do this fucking parachute. I managed it at the end of it. Like, at the end of it, everything had stopped and everybody was kind of, and it was like real quiet, right? And then they all started pissing themselves laughing. I was like, fuck, right? And then the other thing was as well, but crutches were still in there. So they were back in and kept crutches. Right? I remember just standing there going, there's no way back to this. So I just left and I lost my coat and everything. I had an overcoat and I just left it. I just went, just go. I just went, just left it. And the next day they all remembered. But uh, you know, it's one of the things. She don't like curtains. No. Oh man, see the fall as well. Just that moment. It's like remember Dale boy at the fire. That's just right. That slow, was going to say real slow motion thing. Just as, and then when I heard the pop, pop, pop of the curtain, pegs, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, that, that, that's probably the most embarrassing. Very good. Well, Max, we said a couple of things earlier about uh, the sixty-year-old Max. We, as Christopher and I, both wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Um, I do hope that you're rocking at 65 and 70 and your health is fantastic. We'll be rooting for you. Thank you very much, man. And, um, thanks for coming, mate. Yeah, really appreciate cheers. it. Thank you very much. Okay, well, with that, I'm Chris. I'm Henry. And, and this is the Business Hustle. Thanks so much for listening this far. It's been an extra long one, but I think yeah. it was a very interesting um, story. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you. All the best. Cheers.